Hey, I heard you missed us. We're back. I brought my pencil. Give me something to write on, man. That is, I swore before, and I'll swear it again. It's one of the great swing songs of all time. It, it is. That's some fucking Tommy Dorsey, Chick Webb, Benny Goodman, all wrapped into one. Just set in the 80s, and it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, hey, you, you can toe tap to that one. Along with fucking, uh, as I said before, with ELO's uh, uh, Don't Bring Me Down. Yeah, Those yeah, be yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Ultimate toe tappers. We talked about this before we yeah. went on, about making making lists, checking them twice. Yeah. You know, just not for the holiday, but, you know, in general. For, for toe tapping? Oh, that's Toe tapping 80s music? Oh, toe, ta- toe tappers in general. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's... Oh, jeez, you can throw in some old honk, you can throw in some, uh, a little bit of Bowie probably in there, yeah. a couple songs. You know, I, I think my pick was, uh, Dire Straits. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Money Mon- for Nothing? Yeah, Money for Nothing. Nope. That's, yeah. that's up there. That's up there. Hello, folks. Uh, good to be back. Ian, Nate, Moon Tower Podcast. Hello. Dynamic duo back at it again. Yeah, baby. Hope everyone had a good holiday. Hope, uh, the turkey is moist. Hope you didn't have to do, deal with too many... Uh, rough relatives. Or uh, turkey fryer fires. That really? Be bad. I haven't heard of those. No, not not from any friends I haven't heard No? Of. I don't know how many fried their turkeys. I've heard the asshole relative story a few times. Mm. I, I was fortunate enough to not really have that. Yeah, no, I never fried turkeys at all when I was growing up. I think we, what is it, two years ago we tried a sous vide one, like the beer cooler method. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we did that, but not not like frying. I think it's extremely weird. Yeah, never did that. Uh, the whole relative thing, I never had a problem with, because Thanksgiving was basically uh, the four of us and Grandma. Okay. And then, and then Christmas would be usually my go to my mom's brothers and her family would get together. Because my dad's side of the family, we were never really like close. The, yeah, the yeah, no, yeah, same on my dad's side of the family, too. Like, most of them looked out in, like, West Virginia, too, though, so... Yeah. It's kind of hard getting out there in the holidays, anyway. But, yeah, I, I never really had that problem. I never had the problem of the, uh, the asshole uncle that was, like, spouting whatever opinion that he had. <clears throat> yeah. I've been at the table uh, a couple times elsewhere where that happened, and it was the grandparents who were, ah, uh, suddenly racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not this okay, time, okay. not not this time around. Yeah. But no, the holiday was good. Um, got to see Ma for her birthday. Yay! Went down there, went down to Lima, and uh, cooked her steak dinner. That's very good. That's very good for you, Ma. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Ma was happy to see us, but uh, yeah, we watched the watched the Ohio State Michigan game, which wasn't really a game after halftime. Yeah, it's the first time we had done that in a while, and we're going back for those. Ooh. I was getting kind of pumped about the Lions game there for a minute, and then they kind of dropped the ball there, so to speak. I and Oh, the Thanksgiving game? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Uh, they were doing good there for a minute. Yeah? I, like, I, I'm a Lions fan from being a kid. I was a big Barry Sanders geek. Hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. I, I, was, I was the first and last team I really got into football-wise. But, you know, good memories. Well, at least you got in with, uh, you got in at the time where he, he was still in his prime. Yep. So you, I can see why, like, rooting for him and then the team he plays for. Yep. I, I kind of did the same thing with uh, Moreno and the Dolphins, as cheesy or yeah, generic yeah. as that is. So my pops liked them, and I was always rooting for Moreno to get the rain. Never did, so I was like, nah. But can I tell you I have a cousin who plays for the Ravens? Chris Wormley. He was playing for uh, Michigan. Really? For a, couple, for a couple years there. Yeah. If you mentioned it... I probably, I I might have some point, but it's it's probably been a solid year because we're not doing the, the fighting angry goat segments anymore. But, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. In case you hadn't noticed, that team was fake. <laughs> <laughs> They're so real to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're champs, man. They're champs. <laughs> They're They're champs. Those are real. They're champs in our hearts, right? But uh, once again, we hope you have had a good holiday and. Oh, for the big one coming up, Christmas, and that's Chris, Christmas is usually when the uh, the rough and tumble of uh, the proletariat come out, the uh, shopping folk, and everyone's trying to get their meals and their presents. And yep. I 
I don't know, being in food service is, is kind of a little bit of a relief as compared to, I can imagine, someone who I mean, works there's no, like, you know, peak hours there. I mean, if you're making money, so, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Well, I mean, it's stressful. I mean, as, <laughs> but as opposed to someone who works at, like, the mall or Target or oh, Barnes dude, yeah, Noble no, I would or hate to work at Walmart or retail. insert, like, like, the true blue retail. Yeah. We technically work retail, but it's not stuff. Yeah. It's meals. It's, it's not commodities. It's more, you know, fucking, you know, groceries, food, you know, food yeah. service, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's definitely commodities, but, I mean, I guess in your case, it's, uh, you know, that... Usually it's not as bad during the preliminary holiday. It's the after holiday after people start using the gift cards. Oh, the yeah. Restaurants start getting like uh, the real hit. Like that January, fucking... February after the fact is, you know, people will buy like Valentine's Day gifts or birthday gifts earlier. I didn't fucking think about that. Yeah, that, that's that's a big draw. And yeah. months after, you know, like Christmas and whatnot. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I was thinking about, we were, we were talking before we went on about uh, the old horror stories, and I didn't have one this year. I actually was the okay. one that did it myself this year. Oh dang! Uh, you tell. Late, <laughs> oh, it, was, it wasn't. It it was it almost got bad, but then I was I was like I'm gonna go over here and breathe because I, I did it myself. And I was wicked dang. embarrassed after it happened because, and I even worse, I had taken the order that I was freaking out about. <laughs> oh man! So like it was literally like just me just right down the line, but uh. Lady came in, she's a regular, and she, I always get her name mixed up with another lady who, they look similar. Okay. So, I, the lady, I'll, I'll, her name's, uh, I'll call her Miss Julie. Okay. I took the order probably the week before, the order was done, and she comes in, and I'm kind of in a, uh, man. Yeah. A little bit of a fun. A little bit of a bugger mood. Yeah. And she comes up, says hi. She she knows my name. I can't remember hers. <laughs> Julie. And I'm like, but I thought she was someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I even addressed her as the other lady's name. Yeah, we're working reach like that that side of things. Like you just see like you know hundreds of people a day. Yeah. You know, well people blending each other. I get it. So, and she's like, "Is my order ready?" I'm like, "Yeah, it should be ready." And her order was done, but I, since I couldn't remember her fucking name. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And Bob was on lunch, and he never carries his phone on lunch, and he had prepped oh, it. And I'm like, man. call Bob! <laughs> and then I look at the order. I'm staring right at it, and it's got her name on it. And I walk out, give it to the clerk, and just, I just walk in the back. And at one point when I'm trying to call Bob, uh, one of the dudes, my dude Brad, he's, he's like, he's getting on my nerves about it. He's like, well, you know, Bob, like, showing me that he's got Bob's number. I'm dialing it in and fucking it up on the phone. Oh, God. I'm trying to call him. He's like, that's the wrong number. And he just kept chipping at me like like a little prick. He did a great job. <laughs> and I just turned around and was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and the phone, he's just like, ugh. I'm like, okay. and I just realized what was going on. I'm like. <laughs> okay, I've, I've done this before. I don't want it to happen again. I'm just, I looked at my manager. I'm like, I'm taking a 10. And I just went and went in the back room and I just sat there like this, like, stupid. So stupid. I felt so shitty about it. But that was the only one. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't uh, anything like major, like someone lashing out, like someone else doing that, like a customer or whatever. I had the oh, one. Yeah, it can always be, you know, extravagant. Well, at least you didn't get the one. So. Yeah. So I had the one, the one lady uh, told me when it, you ruined my Christmas when I accidentally screwed up her order because she yeah. had the same last name as someone else. Yep. I mean, you, you live in, like, like this part of the city or whatever. There's, like, a lot of, like, you know, like, like I know, like, a lot of, like, Polish families have, like, you know, similar last name or, like, Irish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, very, very smallest of people, so yeah, it can get confusing. Yeah. So, other than that, no big holiday meltdowns. Um, the last month or so, uh, went out to the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if I mentioned that, well, that I was doing that last time we recorded. Yeah, Actually, last yeah, time I, I saw I remember you mentioning it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I had a good time. It was, oh, yeah. I, 
it was the first time where I went out not wanting to really explore the city. Uh, we went to Tacoma and Washington. Flew out to Washington. Washington. Uh, saw my brother, saw the niece, and it was it was a great time. I mean, it was just like, you know, family time. Went to Seattle, or excuse me, went to, when we were in Tacoma, we were in Tacoma three days, or two days and three nights. Okay. Um, decent art museum. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. They had a, the Tacoma Art Museum had a, an impressionist, like French impressionist painting. Okay. Exhibit. So I saw like some Gauguin, some, uh, Edgar Degas, uh, Renoir, like the old, like the old masters from the, mm mid 1800s I'm not I'm not well versed in my painting so yeah you have to on that. um very impressive you know I didn't what well, first of all I didn't expect it and the exhibit I thought was pretty well curated yeah yeah they had a little bit of each and they the way that they had it set up it was basically revolved around like the timeline of that uh movement in painting okay where like each you know it's it, the first painting was like at the beginning of the movie, yeah, and yeah. at the end you had like the full expression of it. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was very... like a grand tour of this, like a uh, time period. Basically, yeah. You know, like a little uh, diorama. Yeah. Then they had a nice uh, glass exhibit because I guess I think his name's Dale Chuli, uh, well-known glass blower from from Tacoma. Okay. Yeah, he's like I guess one of the most famous in that area in the world. Or was I don't know if he's still alive. Hmm. I can't remember. I I read the bio, but they had like a nice glass exhibit, and then they had this is this is the biggest surprise. This is really cool. They had a <clears throat> the other main exhibit was oh excuse me they had two. One was Native American style uh, carvings and sculptures. Oh neat. Oh yeah, like a like buffalo and, and, yeah, yeah. and birds and like but like they're very intricate, very well done. Um, they had a lot of woodwork in there that was like, and it wasn't like native based. It wasn't like somebody who studied it mm -hmm. did it. It was like from just, the uh, natives, like that's, that's from fucking Indian artists. But the one that I thought was really cool, possible <clears throat> interruption, sponsor. Um, <laughs> Last blue ribbon. I can fuck that shit. But they had an animation exhibit uh, for the uh, The Simpsons. Oh, that's pretty sweet. And they had like some of Wes Archer's uh, original sketches of the main characters of the, of the family, and they had bits, uh, basically stills, and it was the original sketches from you know they had certain characters. Um, certain uh, joke like running jokes and how they would use animation to tell those jokes mm -hmm. how they use the animation to set up you know punch lines or set up scenes and little talking about the details and then go and went into a lot of like visual gag nonsense that's it was part of it yeah, yeah that was no part no of it. I, I love that shit and then cool. it, that went into <laughs> um, how the show's animation went from hand drawn to, to digital mm -hmm. and talking about the overlapping how they how they were able to build scenes digitally through the animation and it was it was very well done it was pretty pretty surprising pretty cool uh, I guess the city Tacoma smells has a certain aroma to it mm -hmm. they call it the Tacoma aroma <laughs> I I didn't really smell it it didn't smell aroma. it didn't really smell any worse in Detroit because going into Detroit yeah. smells Going into Gary, Indiana. I've been, I, dude, I haven't been through there since I was a kid. Yeah. But I remember, like, my dad just, like, easing on to the gas, like, oh, uh, we're not stopping. My, my grandpa at the time lived in Butler, Indiana, which yeah. was the border, but you had to go, I think you had to go through Gary to get there. So. Yeah. That, not only does it smell, but it's, like, so, like, festered in crime, like, the police will tell you not to stop for more than three seconds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the worst cities in this country. Yeah. Like, as far as crime Downright terrible. and deterioration, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, that's, you know, Moon Tower podcast warning of the day. Don't go to Gary, Indiana. Oh, shit. People <laughs> around these parts already know that, dude. I'm sure, I'm sure they do, but, you know. They, or at least they should. I, I'd hope so. Because I grew up with that shit. 
like Gary, Indiana, parts of uh, Inner Detroit still, mm-hmm. uh, parts of Youngstown, parts of Dayton, shit, even parts of Northwest Ohio, where it's not the most horrendous settings, but yeah, don't stick around. Oh yeah, no, there's there's definitely some caveats to certain parts of Ohio. Yeah. That's but, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we had we had a nice little time in Tacoma. Uh, like I said, it was more just seeing family. Then we took it was pretty fun. My brother was telling us about all the dispensaries and go here if you want food, go this, blah blah blah. And just because the first night we got in, we flew in from from Detroit, and the flight. One of the reasons that I uh, also went on the trip, it, it was it was kind of one of those ones where like. I was going to go see my brother and my niece regardless, but oh, yeah. it, it kind of worked out in my favor because, A, you know, like taking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been out to the Pacific Northwest before. Excuse me. Hadn't taken that long of a flight before because, as we all remember, last year was the first time I flew. Yep. So, the flight there was four and a half hours. Both, both, flights, were, both flights were nonstop. And so the one going in was four and a half hours and one coming back was about three and a half, three and change. So that was good practice for me, you know, being in the airport. Oh, yeah. Killing time, getting yourself your a little more acclimated. Yep. Being on the plane, getting used to being on the plane. And I kind of learned um, takeoff is my, where I'm like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. And it's not even... Like the the idea of going into the air, it's feeling, feeling you leave like feeling your body kind of leave the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm stumbling. Yeah, a little sorry. rough, a little rough. <laughs> sorry, but um, Moon Power Podcast does not shave. Uh, <laughs> I haven't bathed in seven days. <laughs> like that feeling of leaving the ground. That's what. Yeah. That's the hunch, the hump. I guess I gotta get over. Like being in the air and like being able to settle in, like uh, that whole acne trap door feeling that I told you about. Yeah, I didn't have that because I was okay. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. You know, Xanax. Xanax helps. Yeah, just a little, little dab will do you. <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, but dab. Yep. Like just watch a little TV, read, and just every once in a while I flip open the the window and be like, all right. Just, just to get that little feeling, but There's somebody out there. Yeah, but I think my <laughs> oh yeah, I I thought about that that Shatner moment in, or the episode in Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. You I thought have, about you, you always have to. Yeah, you always think You're about it. You're the Twilight Zone. Like you have to have that thought at least once every time you go on a flight. <laughs> just don't have that moment. Right. Just, like, <laughs> just make sure not to take too many snorts of that psilocybin nose spray there doing now oh jesus <laughs> but, um that that's actually i i wanted to ask you what you thought about that but i we'll say we'll, we'll say that for later yeah save that thought yeah i'm just doing that as well <laughs> but the, the flight out wasn't bad um went to seattle for a day not even the whole day because there's a bus line that goes from tacoma to seattle okay that's pretty cool it's like 45 minutes for like four like three or four bucks I bet. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Went to Seattle, went and saw the, the big market down by the, the wharf. Wharf. Uh, ate some bitch and ass seafood. Oh, yeah. Just kind of milled around the market a little bit. Uh, it's pretty cool to see him, like, throwing the fish, like, from the boat. And, like, he's just walking out, like, hey! That's fresh for you. Yeah. Well, I will say, though, when we got in, it was gray and raining, as you would expect. And I have to say that grunge music makes a lot more sense. Right. And I already loved it before. Because we were walking, we, we got in, the bus took us downtown. And from there, the market's only like five, six, seven minutes okay. on foot. It's not that far. And we get out, and the funny thing about Seattle is like, they have, it's natural gray. Hmm. But they have so many shades of natural gray. <laughs> Whereas here it's like chemical gray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying. You know, they have the yeah. for, the forestry and whatnot. And we've got the fucking refineries, so it was more like a natural gray. When it was, and it started raining, 
a fucking angry chair from Allison Chains popped in my head and it stayed there the whole time yeah. until we got to the Airbnb like three hours later. And I was just, we are just walking around, I'm like, and I'm like, yep, it fucking makes sense. <laughs> and the the weird thing about Seattle for me was like, it. And granted, I was only in the city for only two, three hours. Well, excuse me, about four or five hours altogether. Okay. It just didn't make any sense how it was how the city's laid out, or that the downtown area. Maybe if I maybe if I spend more time there, I'll have a different opinion. I'm yeah. sure, but every city's you know set up differently. Like Toledo's relatively basic as far as like everything's laid out. Yeah, but that like because you know it's built into the forestry and into the hills and whatnot, and like you'll just see like a road just dead end and then come off of here, like over over the hill into the intersection kind of stuff. Because our Airbnb Airbnb was basically on a hill. Okay. Like overlooking the one of the express, not expressway, but like one of the side avenues that led into the main expressway. Okay. The city. It was strange. It was kind of like uh, it was just mis, it just seemed misshapen. Hmm. Like if uh, how, how do I put it? If you approached the oh, if you went to the people who laid out the city of Cincinnati and told them to replicate San Francisco huh. and then put it in a damp gray sweater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. That, I, I kind of get the imagery right Yeah. In, in half a day, that was Seattle to me. Like the roads just like fly out of nowhere. And how is this? Cause it's got that San Francisco kind of thing where like you see the incline streets and yeah. the houses and businesses, whatever, along the main avenues and whatnot, but it just seemed more cramped. Yeah. Whereas the little bit of time I was in San Francisco, it seemed like this shouldn't feel this open, but it is. Or at least it felt that way to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that was, Seattle was weird. Different, like, form of density, almost. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was strange to me, but flight back was all right. Um, yeah, that was, that was really, that's been really the big thing besides the, the holiday, was doing that and... Oh yeah, <laughs> not not a whole lot going on. That, that it's gonna seem like someone's gonna watch this like fucking lazy pricks. I've been waiting for a new episode. What you guys been doing? Just jerking each other off. I've been kind of a lazy prick lately. Then you, so then, then I, you come, I can't defend myself. Then you come back with this bullshit. <laughs> it's like you fucking didn't shoot anyone. Like what? What? <laughs> but you, yeah, but you I know that you know. But you had the one because you showed me the <laughs> you showed me the pictures with the. King Diamond show you went to. Yeah, dude. How was that? That was fucking dope, man. So, like, I've been listening to King Diamond for years, but I never, like, you know, thought I'd get the chance to, like, see him. I was, like, out of the blue. It's like, oh, hey, King Diamond's playing over at Fillmore. Want to check him out? I was like, yeah. And then was it uh, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats open for him? That was fucking... It was phenomenal. Because, like, it's, like, weird. Because, like, on the record, they sound, like, really lo-fi. But when you hear it live, it's, like, way more hi-fi. It's like, oh, this is what they're... You know, they kind of try to give you, like, a different experience live as towards the albums. Because, like, everything sounded, like, really fucking tight. Like, but, like, it still felt like you were seeing, like, a band from, like, the 70s or something, you know? Like, really At the grungy. Fillmore, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like, that really grungy rock and roll sound, you know? Like a Guy Ritchie movie. Like, an early one. I've heard, I've, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not familiar with, with their work, but I know I've heard them. Yeah. Um... Death's Door is probably one you've heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know a couple cats that, that are into them. Yeah, no, they're 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 pretty good. I I like them a lot. They're entertaining. Was that the first show you ever been to at the Fillmore? Uh no, I saw Sleep There last year. Oh, when I saw Priest. Yep, and I'm pretty sure uh, I saw Summer Slaughter there as well. Okay. What do you think of that venue? I think it's pretty cool. It's like you know, it kind of like it feels like it's like straight out of the '80s, like all that gold. Paint, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like it feels like an old school movie theater. Yeah, it's got that sort of vibe. Because the month yeah. before, I was telling you, uh, was when I saw Theo Vaughn there, mm. which I thought was a very interesting setup for a stand-up show. But it, when we got to our seats, I was looking around, I'm like, okay, this this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're looking down at it, because it's not a big stage. No, it really, really is. It's got a lot of depth to it. 
But it's not, like, long. Yeah, it's like, the, the actual, like, outer area is bigger than the stage itself. It, like, kind of, like, condenses at a point. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is really all... That, like, it, it was, like, kind of, like, you know, like, Vegas for the fact, like, uh, distance-wise, like, from the state, actual, like, front of the stage to, like, the back of the house or wherever. There's, like, a lot of room for, you know, different, like, uh, acts going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a... For me, it's a great venue to see a show at, yeah. regardless of what it is. Yeah. So, how was, uh... I was old King Diamond. Oh, the King. Oh, dude, doesn't that do like ninety five? He's not that. I think he's in his seventies now, but he's still putting around a good set. Like he's got some pipes, man. It's like he's not. He doesn't like he did that whole hour and a half set, and you know everything sounded like crisp. It was good. What did he play? Uh, a lot of the classics. Like he played a little bit from them. He played uh, Ab- Abigail, of course. You know, like the, the classics. Some of the, he had like two new songs that he played. Uh, that was pretty sweet. uh, real quick, do tell for anyone who doesn't know King Diamond. Oh, King Diamond. Uh, uh, Merciful Fate was a yeah. big, was a band that he started with. Yeah, I think Metallica was, was like uh, influenced by early Merciful Fate or whatever, and then King Diamond went and did his own like solo band or whatever. But he's been doing that pretty much since I think '83. Like I, I was going to say the early first. '80s. Yeah, yeah. Merciful Fate was like late '70s into early '80s. I think he started in the Late seventies, yeah, they're they're about till eighty. Yeah, they're cons- well, they're cons- yeah, because they're considered part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. And and how would you describe them? Like more operatic. Oh yeah, definitely. It's but like, not but not like prog. Like not quite prog, but like his albums are still concept albums. So like, but it's like a horror film, but like in audible form. Like uh, he like does like these like you know horror stories or whatever that. You know, had like big outreach and plot. Like each song is like a part, like a scene in the movie. If you want to look at it that way, okay. Like them, especially, it's like you know, like uh, like a possessed house. And King is like you know the main character, and he's like you know he gets to his house, it has his grandma in it or whatever, and this house, its presence is like possessed, like everything, and it's like made like really evil. But he hasn't. I mean, he's just like you know, thinks he's visiting his grandma or whatever, and then it plays out in extravagant passion. Okay. There's, some, there's, there's some bangers on there, though, like uh, Welcome Home. That was on uh, Clerks 2. You guys might remember that from uh, that movie. Okay. Like, Grandma! Okay. Welcome Home! That one. Yeah. Alright. Well, if, if you know King Don, you'll know that one. I'm sure. But it was a good time. Put on a good performance. Yeah, how, uh, as far as the show, does he. Did, are the set lists like the con- part of concepts, or does it just. Jesus Christ, does he just do songs? He does, he kind of does like a mix, mix of both, because like the actual like stage show is like, you know, set up to like, you know, take place in like, you know, a number of these like different like worlds or whatever. He kind of like has one set to do that with, so he kind of like does like, you know, some interweaving concepts or whatever. It's like, it was like a, kind of like a prison hospital. Okay. Kind of, sort of thing. Like a, like almost like a mental asylum for like the stage show. There's like, you know, like a, the top tier where he would be, uh, go up, then it'd be like stairs leading up to it, and then there was the main stage where everyone was playing, and then the center of that was the drum riser. That was kind of cool. So the drums were up front. They're, no, they were in the back. They're oh, they're like, in the back. Uh, up okay. top, so you could see what he was doing. It was really sweet. Nice. And then he had like a backup singer. I think it was actually his wife, and she was really good too. I, I enjoyed her performance. And then there was like a lady like doing like you know like the actual like kind of like the song interactions or whatever. I guess you call that. Like the visualization, whatever's going on. Is it spoken during the song? Uh, like King's like singing it, and like you know, like then the lady who's like part of the stage show is like acting out like these scenes or whatever. It's kind, it's kind of cool. Okay. Like uh, yeah, if you look at like some live footage, maybe we can check that out after this. It's some pretty neat shit. You know, I've he's he's King Diamond and Merciful Fate in general. Like that's. I've always wanted to get around to him. I just haven't. Yeah, it's it's a lot but, of shit to get into. Honestly, it's pretty. Like, he's put out a lot of fucking shit over the years. Like I don't think there's like he doesn't really put out like bad ones. Like kind of like it's more like you know personal preference. I'm sure you'll find one that you kind of like jive with. Okay. Opposed to like some of the other ones. Like I try the eye, honestly. That's got like some cool like Jewish priest moments. I feel. Okay. Because I've heard. Um, I first heard about them and yeah. Dick moment because of uh, Garage Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. Metallica did the Merciful Fate medley. Oh, okay. Yeah, on yeah. On the first yeah. side. Oh, yeah. And then in the booklet, they have all those, the four songs charted off. And went back and listened to those. 
but I never stuck it to memory. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I know some cats that are, they're part of like, they're up there. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not that I don't like it. I just never got into it. Yeah, no, that's fair. As, as of yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's some good, I'm sure you'll find something you like. I hope so, Nate. Yeah. You're talking it up. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, to check something else unless it was like primo quality. Now, well, we really haven't talked since last episode yeah dude so how, how that. <laughs> nate, nate how are things uh you know still on the job hunt technically i mean i had a place uh downtown that uh i've been talking back and forth because they didn't give me phone calls like hey we're gonna get you in and you know it's not quite you know haven't quite got the availability lockdown or something like that or busy so i'm kind of like exploring some other venues here and there restaurant wise like, i think uh one of my buddies had a opening over like a breakfast joint so i might check that out so Somebody gets man a fucking job. He's earned it, god damn it. I think so. What? Uh, I just need to pay more money. That's all I want to do. Yep. So, Nate, tell us about this uh, nasal mushroom spray that they're coming out with. Uh, apparently, I think. Well, I say it's in Washington. Like, you know, East Coast, or West Coast states. They're uh, making a. Uh, Basically, like a nasally ingested psilocybin spray so they can, like, those for like depression. Really? Yeah. Is, do you need, like, because I, I saw the headline, but I didn't look at the article. Yeah. Do you need, like, prescription for it? Do you need medical insurance? I Is think this we're uh, testing it stateside. Uh, they're making it in Cuba right now, as far as I have read. Cuba? Yeah. So I guess they've done tests out there a little bit. But I haven't heard anything conclusive, so I imagine it's still in the early stages of anything. So. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, no. Cuba's getting slick, man. Yeah. Well, the cash rows aren't in power anymore. Yeah. So, 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 so I guess... That's uh, the coca. Yeah, so, 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 so what's the thing? Is like, they're making it making it in Cuba and shipping it here? I guess, like, they're to probably be used medically? it to uh, do the research. Oh. Is so, it like... Yeah. Is there a certain group that's behind all of this, as far as the funding and the research? Uh, I don't know of a specific group I could tell you, but I imagine it'd be someone like, you know, I think they're doing it medically right now. Okay. So it'd be, probably be someone at least reputable, I guess, Well, wasn't, uh, yeah, because Colorado did that l- earlier this year, right? They, so. they made psilocybin legal? Yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? I, I don't know if they made, I don't know if it was hallucinogens. Altogether, I want to say it's just magic mushrooms. I believe, I believe so, because that was <clears throat> around the time where they said that weed was cool, which it is. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was uh, that was a pretty slick thing about uh, Washington, about Tacoma, more up there's dispensaries. They're they're on point, okay. and oh, yeah. uh, they, good they got a whole they got a whole mess of uh, selection. And let me tell you, I'm not really big on the dabs. Mm-hmm. I've done them, but I, it's not something I do usually. Yeah, it's definitely a special occasion. It, that, I think I, it works better like that. The oil is. <laughs> it's like night. It's like at least I don't think they even sell it unless it's like ninety percent at least. Yeah, yeah. It's pure. It's clean because like sometimes you can get some stuff around here where where. It was like wrapped up in a dryer sheet in someone's pocket. It has that feel like, yeah, oh. horrible stuff that I came around was like about 70. It was, it was still really good. Like the stuff I was getting was like pretty well. Yeah, it was clean. Yeah. It was clean. Like the whole uh, anxiety thing that I talked about wasn't there. I was just like, ah. But totally. Oh, dude, yeah, no, I, yeah I, could, I could see myself getting weepy. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, well, I'm curious now since Michigan did their whole thing what their process is going to be because I they made it 100% legal right yeah yeah no I want to say four dispensaries opened on Sunday and then a couple more throughout uh, the next two weeks here I want to say it's going to be like 12 to 16 total that's funny I saw yeah that's funny I saw a meme <laughs> uh dude was uh hanging over the medicine counter talking to the the pharmacist, and he's like, 
man, can I, can I get some clean water? He's like, no, but I got free weed. <laughs> Which is funny. I mean, it's great. But in, in that regard, it's like, man, these people can't even get a clean drink of water. Yeah, and I was kind of pretty sad. Like, gover yeah. government supplied high. Which is not. That's because you know. It's not government supply, costs but money doesn't make money. yeah. Well, was what you're talking about. <laughs> was what you're talking about earlier about you know being in the in the food industry around this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Talking about like food being a commodity, water being a commodity. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it a million times before, like the whole consumer advocacy stuff uh, that we mentioned. And I I said something to the effect of and I, it's fucking true where that stuff's a commodity it's not a just a natural right to have yeah yeah and that for me is a part of where capitalism went wrong not to go heavy and deep right now but like it's kind of where it, it kind of went wrong is it commoditized just nature yeah which is it's just funny. And I'm problem not. With it is like we haven't like really like reconsidered really like you know the priority of things. We've always just like had a price on things and hasn't changed. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like we have enough to feed 10 million people, I think, food wise, but like people are still going hungry. It's like how, well, how does God damn it! They didn't get up that morning and go to work. All right, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, Fair some enough. you get, yeah. you got to break some eggs and make an omelet. All right, yeah. or whatever Jack Nicholson said. But no, I, I I just thought that was funny. I, it, and it's it, it's great. It's absolutely great. I'm I'm curious to see if uh, in Michigan if it replicates what happened in Colorado, where the surplus that they made was far beyond their expectations. Yeah. No, I, I hope they, they take that money and you know fix up some. But first things first, they probably yeah do some hot water. I said <laughs> I. I and granted, I, I'm sure it was clickbait. Don't even really know anymore on Facebook. It's straight up the wild, wild west of yeah. information, the social medias and whatnot. But I saw that certain celebrities were donating a shit ton of money to hire basically uh, non-union workers to come in and fix the pipes in Flint. Yeah, for yeah. instance, oh, or yeah, yeah, in Detroit, like, shit like, like that. Like celebrities, like, yeah, I'm throwing money at this so we yeah. can take care of it finally. Cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, it's pretty ridiculous. And once again, like, can, can we get, a, like, a musical benefit for Detroit? Yeah. Can we get one? I, has there been one? There's been one for so New York. Sorry, like, feed the world, feed the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean the water. But yeah, why... Carney on that shit. I was curious, is like, why has Detroit been the one that's like, kind of left behind? You know, the East Coast, the West Coast, the South, they all get stipends, they all get uh, dividends, they all get that emergency help when disaster strikes. Yeah. But like, you see, you look at Detroit, and it's just like, ah, ah, nah, because yeah. Detroit, it's crime riddle, it's crime infested, and it's, it's drugs and. The plague and fucking locusts and horrific economic conditions, but and that's the thing. I I gotta give it up for Detroit, from what I've heard about, like some of the I guess economic or infrastructure uh, renaissance that's been happening around downtown. Yeah, no, like as far as I can see, like you know, like downtown Detroit, like they got some shit happening down there. And it's so odd, like even going up the block to the Fillmore. Yeah. Because that area that the Fillmore is in, which is around the corner from the Eastern Market, and from this, from a sweet ass, couple ass, good ass uh, pizza joints, there it's it's definitely like a different neighborhood, and you're only five minutes yeah. away. I do, like, yeah, from like the parking complex. Me and uh, Chris went to see King Diamond or whatever, like, right around the corner. Like, one of the nicest ass bars I've ever been to is a Rusty Crow. That place is sweet. It's like, you know. There's like three other bars just like it, like not just like it, you know, like decent quality. And it's like, yeah, I can tell, it's like, man, like, this is like compared to Leo, like, it was like, you know, high class, honestly. I hope, I do hope Michigan, if they, if they play their cards right, and if they get that surplus 
that like Colorado's had that they kind of mimic what Colorado, at least on paper from what I've seen, what they've been doing is, you know, counseling programs, rehabilitation programs. Uh, they've been able to fix up like some infrastructure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, jobs, the whole works. They've, they've been able to like, I guess like fund like certain uh, sections of healthcare and education from like the, I think it was like one point. Four billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, that they made because of legal weed. I mean, that's like for a state, that's quite a bit. You can do a lot with, you know, one and a half million dollars. Yeah, but <laughs> flip side, <laughs> let's hear. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what it's like in Colorado, but I've seen like around these parts, the prices that you're paying mm-hmm. for what you get as far as the purchase ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they're overcharged. They're basically price gouging marijuana. They're basically price... But, but I also say, like, in Michigan, at least, they're also giving the option to be able to grow your own plants. So, you know what you're doing, and you want yeah. to work into it. Uh, I'm doing right Yeah. I never got... That's another thing. I Agriculture was never my, uh, my, my stipend. Uh, it has been a hobby in my past year. I knew a couple, uh, once again, like, I actually take that back. My, an old friend, Dom, uh, had basically a garden in his basement. He's, he had, he had like a, uh, set up like this, like this house, like the way this house is set up. It was very similar to his, maybe a little lower on the ceiling. Okay. Uh, and he had this whole rig that he had set up in like the dining room. And he just rolled out to the living room anytime he wanted. It wasn't in the basement. It wasn't in the closet. He had basically a giant box. It, lo- it literally looked like a shitty science experiment. But he had like this whole cast set up that the plants were growing in. He had the, the tube and it was air. Everything was air sealed or like airtight. Everything was like it was pumping oxygen into it. And it was just like. Just like a living room adornment. I'm like, I'm like, <clears throat> I went over one time and he had it out. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you? He's like, I'm, I'm getting the plants uh, natural sunlight because he had he had it in. It was like a little greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of sorts. Right, and like, then was, he, my buddies had like a hydroponic set up in the closet. It was actually like really well done. I've seen that. Yeah, that's always impressive when you have like the closet space and it's just. Yeah, and like the whole like CO two exchange system going on was kind of actually kind of slow. Yeah. <laughs> the the worst, the best, the best worst one I saw was a dude had like a a, a small closet like a like basically a standing, and he had a few plants going, and but he kept a light on it. The fluorescent kept fluorescent lights on them. Kept them on fifteen hours a day, like twenty hours a day. Yeah, yeah, With like a timer or whatever. But he, he yeah. ended up burning them out. Oh. And, like, because he kept so much light, like, yeah, no, you have to do like artificial light, light on them. It's like 12 hour cycle. Yeah. Because he kept so much artificial light on them that basically the, the male plants became retarded. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, you definitely start, like, you know, cooking them after a minute. And you gotta be careful that they're sensitive to <laughs> I gotta give them up to them, though. Like, going for the go of it, like, anytime you see a, a dude like Jerry rigging an operation, but going out with it, you know, like the one dude I told you about, uh, had his own mini brewery in his basement. You see cats with like, you know, they're grown plants. They're, they got their own studio, but it's like in their own little space. I got to give it up to him. Like there is definitely no, uh, animosity, but there's every once in a while I'd see a cat like that. And like, oh, look, look what I'm growing, and come shit, like, look at this, and I can, I can just tell, like, I'm no expert, but that plant ain't supposed to look brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Somebody I shit on that. Somebody shit on that. You ain't gonna good. have a good Christmas. <laughs> but Oh shit, uh, Irishman came out over Thanksgiving, am I right in assuming that you have seen it yet? 
Well, I'm very glad you asked me, Nate. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Uh, yes, I did see it on right. Thanksgiving night, and it's still lingering with me. Oh, it is, yeah, I saw it like two nights ago. Yeah, no. It is, it's there. Do I think it's one of Scorsese's best? I think over time it could be considered. Okay. I think right now... It qualifies, definitely. Oh, yeah. And I'm saying that's a, that's a top, top top seven or eight, maybe top five right now. I'm, and I'm saying that with the initial reaction that I had, I fucking loved it. And not just because... It was my version of the Avengers, as I've said before. <laughs> oh, not just yeah, because it's those five guys working yeah. together in that with that kind of sprawling yeah. storyline. Not to mention like the cameos. The cameos are like, you know, something in um itself. Well Yeah. We can talk about that later. But... Oh no, the the, <laughs> the cameos were part of what helped pull it off. Yeah, dude. Fucking Jim Norton is Don Rickles. Yeah. Killed. Fucking uh, Aaron did a good job. <laughs> dude, fucking that was the first time I I, I didn't think Ra- that was Ray Romano at first, honestly. For, I, I, I saw that in the credits, like, wait a second, yeah. Ray Romano? No way. That was one of the first. Like, oh, it's the fucking lawyer, shit. Yeah, it was one of the first <laughs> times uh, he did great. Yeah. And I should have known that with that sprawling of a storyline, three and a half hours long, those five guys, it would all come down to the little things. About that film. Oh, dude, the, the, the thing is just like full of details. It, well... It satisfied the nerd and me for that sort of shit, you know? Yeah. It, it came down to all the little things. And little things, I mean... Uh, for instance, the scene... Uh, towards the end, with Pesci and De Niro in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And De Niro's got snake eye contacts in. Because he's about to do in Jimmy Hoffa. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. If you haven't, then... We all know he's dead. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Hoff is done dead. I thought Pesci was absolutely fucking terrifying. Quite possibly... Oh, yeah. I... Everyone loves Pesci and Goodfellas. That's a fact. It's a, You can look it up in the book, in the fucking dictionary, whatever. It's in the Library of Congress. It's in the... It was one of the last pieces of information that was kept from the library of Alexandria before it got burned down. Like, it's a fucking fact. Everyone loves Pesci and Goodfellas. Pesci in this? Absolutely terrifying. The age, his, his, his natural, when it was naturally aged, he stole the show. And I thought everyone did a very damn good job. I thought Pacino as Hoffa it was fun. It was very on on, on point. Yeah. It was exaggerated. It was theatrical. Yeah, I was gonna say that. But it wasn't I overboard. I feel like Hoffa wasn't portrayed as like you know Hoffa, but like as a character you would imagine Hoffa being. And Char- he pulled that off. Yeah. You know. Yep. You know, yep. At a stop, it's, the, it's great. The whole thing with leaving the door open, the uh, the ice cream sundays, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. Like the the one part where he's chewing out his uh, associates in the room and De Niro leaves because he's offended, and the one part he's like, "I'm I'm going to jail, <laughs> I'm going to prison," like fucking hilarious, dude. And you know what, Bobby D, he he brought it out of out of everyone. Like I'm I'm actually most proud of De Niro for bringing it because oh, dude, yeah. he. Really he that kind of character, he plays so well, but he's never really, he, he's never done it a lot. The kind of character where it might be the main character, but he's not the one in control. It reminded me a lot of what he did in the role of Lewis and Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah. In a way, you know, whereas Lewis and Jackie Brown was a definite side character where he... It's one of his best roles ever because he just does nothing. He does nothing, and he fucking nails it. 
whereas Frank Sheeran, I thought, the way he played him, he tried, he tried, excuse me, he, he did, he made the character try to be stoic and be yeah. that, like, baseline kind of character. And I thought he did a great fucking job. I really do. Um, I've seen some of the criticisms and heard that he's one of the weakest roles of Will Mike. I thought he did great. Oh, yeah. Because he's that... Well, you can understand, like, the kind of guy that, you know, Frank Sheeran was. He that, you know, sort of, like, acting yeah. style that he had to use. Yeah. I thought, I thought he did great. Yeah. No, I thought, I, I thought the like, scene, yeah. the scene, uh, the whole, uh, the whole scenario of him leading up to the Hoffa hit, I thought was some of the best acting he's done in the longest time. And I thought, as far as a set piece, fucking Scorsese killed it. But when he gets off the plane, gives Pesci yeah. sunglasses, gets to the car, there's no fucking background music. It's all natural sound. Yeah, and yeah like does a good, like, ten minutes of tension leading up before that, like, that really kind of, like, makes that Fucking. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's so many times I was like, like, because they all brought it. That was the thing. And they all brought it in the way that I didn't think they were going to bring it. Because I was getting so hyped up about it. I know yeah. there's so much hype about it. Where you expected a lot of people were kind of let down by it, unfortunately, because like, no, they expect like the momentary nature of like those sorts of scenes. Like, it's like yeah, you know, like, stuff you know, like extreme things happen like in the moment. I think that's like big, you know, like you know, screaming sales point right there. Because I think a lot yeah. of people expected a spectacle. Yeah, and it's not what they got. Yeah, and that's supposed to be. And I was supposed to be kind of like you know, like a retelling of the story. It's like you know those ha- things, you know those rash decisions happen in a moment. Well, and to let this to yeah. let the moment play out. Yeah, it's chaotic in nature, and it's how it's usually And one of the things in that na- in in that regard that I thought was most absolute fucking brilliant touch was, I. Did you notice there's a couple times where De Niro and Pacino flubbed their lines and kept yeah. going? Yeah. And he yeah. kept it in. That made me so fucking happy. It made me so fucking happy. Yeah. It made like, me look nervous. And it was like, exactly. Oh, it felt, yeah, it felt, yeah. And you know what? For all three and a half hours, the pacing, I thought, was well, stellar. Didn't, yeah, it didn't feel like three and a half I, hours. I was like, never... I was able to, like, sit through it and, like, you know, just, like, kind of, like, absorb, like, everything was going on. Well, I... Was, I like, you know, like, watching a couple of episodes or something, but, like, I didn't want to, like, leave my seat and, like, do a whole lot. Like, I wanted to get, like, right back into it, like, when I did take a break. Like, I did a couple breaks. We took, we took two yeah. breaks. Yeah. Took a piss break and a smoke break. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you need to, like, uh, properly digest so you don't want to, like, consume all this, you know, fast as you can, honestly. That was, you know, that was a thing, too, like, I, I, I've i sat through three and a half, four or five hour movies, but they all had intermissions. Yeah. When I saw this one, it didn't have an intermission, I'm like, oh, okay, how's that going to kind of is the option that you're on. Which is the thing that, with Netflix. Yeah, it's definitely convenient. So I was talking to Chris over the phone, like, you know, like, that's probably the best way to do it, is like, you know, take it, like, as, like, an episode of, like, you know, a three-part series or something like that. Do like three hours at a time, something like that. I am very curious about my, because I'm going to watch it. I just don't know when, because I don't have Netflix. Yeah, yeah. The neighbor does, but it's three and a half hours, which doesn't matter. But you got to set, you got to make plans for it. It's like taking mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I am very curious about how my reaction will be the second time I watch it, and. You know, getting over the excitement, getting because I would have sat if we we had a little uh, couple smoke breaks or smoke break and a piss break, and then the um, the signal kind of cut out a little bit here and there. So to see it, I'm very curious. But my excitement because of all that, I would I would have sat there through all of it. So I'm like now that's settled in. I'm I'm curious to see what my reaction will be the second time, and hopefully to sit through it all the way through for three and a half hours. Oh yeah. But I I the the pacing I thought was the most key part 
because that was one of the more unexpected parts for right. me. Now, because, like, for like you know, like a long movie, like it felt like it was like moving like relatively quickly. Like you know, like moment to moment, like you start like in the early stuff, that it doesn't feel like you know you move too far from that. The well, like, I kind of get to, like middle of the movie. Well, and I think too, like the the scenes moved at an even pace. The the editing ratio, like letting a shot play out and then editing it to another shot that will play out. I thought that that was, it wasn't too, it wasn't wonky. It, it was very, very smooth. Um, there's a little bit like during the driving sequences in the, I think the second third of the film. I think like when Frank's trying to get Jimmy Hoffa to, agree to the sit-down. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff could have been trimmed, but I, I, fucking, I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it like, was like too detrimental, no. I guess. Because like, I didn't notice too many moments where it was like, okay, come on, let's get from it. I found myself just very curious about what was going to happen oh, next. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I... You know, like, you know, good tension. You know, that, it that, did that, have that. It did have that. Um... Yeah, it, I was just so I was just very happy that the little details of the film were what stuck out. Oh yeah, and seeing and reading, hearing some of the criticism. I'm not gonna say that people didn't get it, but I think over time it'll hold up. Oh yeah, because I think people will go back and see where those little moments are and see the little details that actually made the film what it is. Because it it doesn't have this grand, sprawling feel to it. Like, say, like, uh, Godfather 2, you know, for, excuse me, for a film of that length. Or uh, Once Upon a Time in America, which both of them De Niro was in. <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Time in America is Sergio Leone's last film. And it says, I, I skipped Godfather 2 because I would like to assume everyone knows God, you know, Godfather in the second one. But Once Upon a Time in America is one of those ones where if you know it, you love it. And if you don't know it, you should see it. Because that's one, another, that, that clock didn't you know, like 347. It's almost four hours long. Oh. And it's about uh, Jewish a gang of uh, Jewish kids who grew up together and they basically form a version of what became Murder Incorporated. It's the Jewish mob in New York during the time of Prohibition. And De Niro, James Woods, William Forsythe, and I can't remember the other character's name, actor's name. They play the adult version and it's this grand sweeping tale of these boyhood friends who grow up together and there's betrayal and then there's double cross and this, that, and the other. And then the nearest character grows old and comes back to his, his stomping ground and tries to figure out what actually happened at the, the basic climax of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has this very just grand, and that's, that's the way Leone was with his films. You know, you go back to his, the Dollar Trilogy or Once Upon a Time in the West or um, Fistful of Dynamite, and, and you see that. It, ha- it has that grand, like, Italian narrative, very operatic. Mm-hmm. But with The Irishman, it, it was very just boots on the ground kind of thing. You know, it had that kind of like a salt of the earth kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And... Like, you almost, like, feel, like, how the character kind of experiencing is, like, a move, like I said, a move kind of, like, relatively fast. It's, like, experiencing all of that, such so like, moment, moment sort of stuff. Like, but you caught everything. Yeah. Like, like it, it allowed us... It, I mean, it's not, like, really dense in, like, the details that you're saying. I, mean, I, I really appreciate that, for, for sure. Well, the density of those details didn't weigh down on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it allowed those scenes to envelop and allowed yeah. those scenes to Expanded breathe. things rather than make them feel weighed down. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, that was another thing, like, people expected more violence. 
Well, there's plenty of it. It's just used sparingly to show you that moment. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it works better in that context. Yeah. And I I thought it was fucking terrific. I I really was. I I was just so just overjoyed that they I, I they pulled it off the way I felt. Yeah. Like, it's I, not glorified violence. Let's just say that. No, I don't think I, so. Yeah, no, it's like it just shows like what what it, for what it is. Like, oh hey, that happened. But people but people are pissed. <laughs> it's like it seems like they're pissed about it because, you know, like the movie dicks they're like there wasn't enough violence because, you know, you ex- would expect that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other ones that I guess would say well, they're telling this man's story, so obviously they're glorifying yeah. his story and what he supposedly yeah. did. Well, they, they go through, like, his background enough. You know, if he's already been through something, you don't have to, like, exaggerate on the fact that he's been through war and whatever. Like, that's a fact. Like, we've already been through this stuff. Like, this is what's happening right now. It's kind of a moment-to-moment basis. Yeah. It's, it's just part of the storyline at that point. But, yeah, yeah, I keep moving. Yeah, and... I th- I thought it was so once again it was so evenly paced it would could could like just as su- as surprising as I thought the pacing was not to beat a dead horse it could be one of his best paced films Scorsese just the flow of it I thought was just so perfect and is exactly what the film needed yeah and, I wasn't disappointed or anything and the, watching it. And, like I was. Engage. Well, and here's the other thing. Uh, the de-aging. What did you think about that? The de-aging I think technology. Earlier in the film, it looked a little bit rough, but as it like kind of like got like middle aged, it like kind of like started like incorporating a little bit better. The the only time I had a problem with it, and granted, it was the first time that it was shown in the film, is when De Niro and Pacino, or excuse me, and Pesci first meet each other yeah at the truck exactly. stop yeah, yeah where it looks like their heads are like it, it, it kind of look like Brian Cranston it kind of looked like uh, <laughs> no, dude, it kind of it kind of reminded me of Goldeneye the big head yeah. <laughs> the big yeah, head well, cheat code yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that yeah because it looked like it looked forced upon the body yeah yeah definitely but like the middle age shit I thought was on fucking oh, yeah, head. like, yeah, midway through this movie, like, you really couldn't, like, tell a difference, in my opinion. And, yeah, like, the, it worked, it worked well the, in the, that context. The truck think. stop, the truck stop, and the, uh, the part where he's in Italy. Mm. The de-aging, I'm like, I get why you did it, but you could have got somebody young to play that part. Yeah. But I, I, I would have been mad if they got someone I would I would not have either. And I, I respect the fact that they they went with it. And I and it, it's another reminder to me as far as that the aging technology is that it doesn't matter and Scorsese did this to me with uh Hugo, the three D kids movie. I saw that in theaters in three D when it came out. And I'm sitting there going into them like Scorsese's making a fucking kids movie. It's in 3D. And I sat there. I'm like, oh fuck, this is fuck. Like it was, yeah. And I'm like, and the same thing with this with the de aging. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's not just him. Just in general, like, it doesn't matter what kind of technology or whatever yeah. tools you have at your expense. It's how you use them. And I thought one, like what you said, once the movie settled in. Like, the middle-aged parts, I thought, was crispy. Oh, yeah. Crispy. You couldn't tell it was, like, he was older playing those roles. It was, like, the way they edited it or whatever. Like, it, like, it made it work very well. Very well. Now, I mean, obviously, we have to, just to bridge off of that, you know, there's going to be the awards buzz. Mm-hmm. Best supporting actor is going to be up to Brad Pitt and Pesci right now, or at least it should be. Once again, I, Joe Pesci fucking stole the goddamn show. No, he, he did and, that, and once again, De Niro, Pacino, Harvey Keitel for his once. Actually, the biggest beef I have with that movie is not enough Harvey Keitel. 
Because I, I was really excited about that. That's, that's if there's a beef that I have with that, not enough Harvey Keitel. Of course, I mean, there's, you can never have enough Harvey Keitel. Kind of like Kurt Russell. You can never have enough awesome. Anyway. <laughs> I thought fucking Pesci was... <gasps> Pesci fucking killed it. Killed it, dude. Killed it. Absolutely fucking terrifying. The scene where, where they're, the Christmas scene where they're opening the presents in the living room and, and Peggy won't say thank you. He's like, it's okay, Frank. She said thank you once. I, I honestly, I didn't feel afraid. I felt kind of sad. It's like, you can see, like, really? see, you can see the degeneration at that point. You know what I'm saying? Cause, like, that's, you know, he dies, like, okay. fucking, like, all of them die alone. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, look at that Dude, that's actually a good fucking point. Yeah. That's actually a good fucking point because the way he did the the name badges for each character and how they got killed, mm-hmm. like the head, like the headings, and the freeze frames. Yeah, yeah. That's a good fucking point. That's like how I kind of like experienced like that moment. And who and who's and within the movie, who's the only one who doesn't die alone? I mean, he he, he dies alone. But he's killed. It's Hoffa. Yeah. It's, it's part he, of the car- he dies within the, the delusion, so it's like it's not even like, you know, like taking much away from him. Yeah. Point. The crazy Joe, yeah. who Spash Maniscalco fucking killed. Yep. It's crazy Joe Gallo. Well, yeah. That, no, that's that's a good point because I thought, you, you say sad, I thought he was fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, good for him. So happy, like I overall, like yeah, they fucking they all brought it. It's a great fucking movie if you can withstand the length, which to me that shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't. Like if you have the excitement or the anticipation or the want to yeah. go see something, do your homework. Yeah, you have, you have the opportunity to break up some parts of your house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what I would do if you don't have time to like know that you're outside. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not film crews here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, debatable, but at the same time, we at least understand. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's a good, uh, good outro for this one. I would agree. Th- I think I don't know if we came back with a fury, but we came back. Uh, the no. phoenix rises. Hey, man, the furies—they never die. Hey. All right, folks. Uh, this episode. YouTube, we're doing the YouTube still. This one will be up on the YouTube when you see it, as I'm sure you're watching on the YouTube, as I mention it. Uh, we're still on the uh, the good old social medias, right? Indeed. Facebook, Moon Tower Podcast, Twitter, Moon Tower Podcast, Instagram, European underscore Ian. Uh, check out the old stuff on the SoundCloud, Europe underscore Ian. Uh, that's another thing I kind of like biffed on. I'm not going to lie, is keeping up with the social media. Whoops. Yeah, we'll get back into it. We'll get, we, got, we got to do a revamp here. Dick pics for everyone. But, once again, folks, appreciate you. First episode back. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night.